Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Though it was really surreal, it was also like, oh, I've been here my whole life. <laughs> it feels very familiar. I mean, it's like seeing a celebrity. In yeah, and you're like, I know you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I don't. I, do. yeah. I feel like I've been yeah. in your presence before, but actually, no. Oh, so we, we didn't go to high school together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. I've just seen you in the movies. Yeah. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Have you ever wondered what it's actually like at the Bachelor Mansion on night one when every surface is blanketed by candles and every woman is in a sequined gown? We certainly have, and so had Kristen Baldwin, a critic and reporter who has covered The Bachelor for years. And this year, she got to live that dream. She covered night one of the show from the inside as a fly on the wall in the mansion. Kristen wrote a couple great pieces for Entertainment Weekly, which we encourage you all to read. But we also wanted to hear more. We just couldn't get enough. So we invited her on to chat about everything she saw. And we had a great conversation. We hope you all enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed bombarding her with questions. Today, we have Kristen Baldwin, TV critic at Entertainment Weekly, with us for a very special bonus episode. Bonus. I'm so honored to be a bonus. (laughs) Even better than just a normal recap. Yeah, you're the whipped cream on top of the beautiful Sunday of Bachelor recapping. Thank you so much. (laughs) What a visual that is. It really is. And the cherry. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here as always. Uh, So you got to go inside the mansion night one. Yes. Yes. What was that like when you found out you were going to get to do that? I mean, they're so careful not to... Yeah, this was the first time they ever let a reporter on set during filming for, you know, they've had friends and, you know, there were definitely a lot of guests, but in terms of for a reporter, this was the first time they ever let anyone do it. And, you know, essentially, total dream come true because I've been watching this stupid show since the beginning (laughs) and I love it with all the same force and passion that I hate it. You know, it's like one of those things. And I just, you know, this was the dream. So uh, I told my husband, you know, I was like, I know I had just gone on a business trip, but they just invited me. He's like, 
well, this is your dream come true, right? You <laughs> so have you to go. go. <laughs> so he's a very supportive spouse. That's good. That's yeah. how a partner should be. Yes, exactly. Live your dream and Live your, your dream in the bachelor mansion. Ugh. I mean, how did it happen? Did they invite you? Had you been asking for a while? We had... At EW Entertainment Weekly, we had been asking, uh, but then, you know, I'm friendly with one of the executives at ABC, Robert Mills, who's great. And uh, we've had him on this show. Yes, he's fantastic. (laughs) And, you know, he we talked about it at one of the lunches that we had. And he said, look, I really think this is the season that we should do it. Obviously, there were, you know, Colton, uh, the choice of Colton as The Bachelor. There was a lot of blowback. There's always blowback. But. He thought this would be the time to do it. And so he did the the work of convincing Warner Brothers, the studio that produces it, and, and ABC itself. And he made it happen. And so uh, it was, you know, largely he knew that I was somebody who, as much as I make fun of the show and critique the show, I also deeply love and understand the show. So I think he knew that I would be uh, somebody who would treat it with, you know, the gravitas mm. that it deserved. Respectful critique. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's always that's always the aim. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what were your first impressions of the mansion? Like what was the first image you saw as you pulled up? Well it's interesting. The first image is uh you Enter. It's sort of just on this road in uh, sort of this mountain road in uh, Agora Hills, and when you first walk on, you're not you don't see the mansion. There's a building at the bottom which actually was destroyed in the wildfires a couple of weeks later uh, that they called the barn. It was sort of a, a studio slash uh, garage slash you know living space that the owner had put on there for for whatever reason, but they <laughs> the production company used it as a production office, and uh, so that was there and. The, Essentially, the first thing I saw was a horse uh, tied to a trailer. It was the horse that What's-Her-Face showed up uh, with the horse-drawn carriage. I believe her name was Aaron. And uh, so I was like, I got to take a picture of the horse. (laughs) And they, uh, the the producers or a PA was trying to escort us upstairs because they have to start or up the hill because they have to start production right away, like when the sun goes down, because it's already a long, long, long night. And so they wanted to get everybody inside. What time did you start? I arrived at 7 p.m. And uh, so they were trying to usher us up the hill to the mansion. And I was like, but the horse, I got to take a picture of the horse. So I did. And uh, you can see it. I tweeted it out at some point during the premiere. But um, so then we walked up the hill to, you know how sometimes on the show, the women or the men will leave the mansion and you see that sort of gate and they go down the hill that, you know, yes. I was walking up that gate or up the driveway to that gate. And I was like, oh, my God, there it is. <laughs> and uh, then the first thing you see is the driveway, you know, that sort of big open flagstone driveway where uh, the magic happens. And there were just a lot of black clad production people walking around, setting up shots, you know, moving things around. And it was, you know, uh it was interesting. It was though it was really surreal. It was also like, oh, I've been here my whole life, <laughs> you know, because it just feels like such, you know, a place that it feels very familiar. I mean, it's like seeing a celebrity. Yeah, and you're like, I know you. Yeah. Oh no, I don't. I do. Yeah. I feel like I've been yeah. in your presence before, but actually, no. So we, was... we didn't go to high school together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. I've just seen you in the movies. Yeah. So that was kind of what it was like. Yeah. That explains why you're so good looking. Yeah. Um, wow. So when did you get to meet Colton? I met Colton the day before. Okay. He was shooting uh, that chat with Chris Harrison uh, 
that they showed at the beginning of the episode where he's in his flannel, even though it was literally like 84 degrees out. And I was like, <laughs> how course. are you not <laughs> sweating? Image management. Uh, but he actually uh, smelled really good uh, anyway. Good for him. He yeah. hugged me. He was not a fan of mine. Um, we had a conversation. <laughs> you can see in my, I tweeted out the interview. It's on EW.com, you know, where he knows he had read an article I had done where I was like, basically, this guy should not be The Bachelor. He needs to go off and be by himself because he's clearly like working through a lot of issues and let's, you know, he should live off camera. And so we had our interview after he did his little chat with Chris Harrison and, you know, started off fine. And he makes like crazy eye contact. Like the eye contact is just like almost unnerving. It's just really and he has really nice teeth. But anyway, so. We were chatting, and uh, as as I put in the, the Q&A that I posted, you know, I just said to him, like, I'm a little worried about your mental health. Like, I, I really think this is a lot of pressure for you to be under, and the guy I saw in Paradise was really going through it and maybe needed some time alone. And he was like, I'm fine. I go to therapy. Everything's fine. Long story short, the next day I was told to stay out of his eyeline. Oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah, they were just basically like, he can't see you. And it's like, that's fine. You know, I already talked to him. I got my interview. He was freaked out by the fact that I was asking him about his mental health, which, you know, fine. Um, but ultimately, now he follows me on Twitter. So he's either trying to, like, keep his enemies close or he's gotten over it. I don't know. Um, he but anyway, what you're yeah, saying 50, about 50. his mental health. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, well, I'm glad he goes to therapy. Yeah, and I was like, that's great, dude. Everyone should. Everyone so. should. And they I should really... make it part of the show like they yeah. did with Brad Womack. Yes. Are really you should. sure that this time you can definitely pick one woman yeah. out of this, <laughs> out of of this group? I just really meant, you know, going, looking at the guy who left uh, Bachelorette, you know, sort of devastated, then went right to Bachelor in Paradise and seemed essentially devastated through the entire run of that. That going back on another show where he would be focused and pressured to sort of, you know, pick somebody and lose his virginity and all that good stuff uh, just seemed like maybe not the best choice. But then again, you know, he's a grown man and he's made a choice. And as he told me, you know, he's he's not worried about ever being pressured into anything because he survived the NFL. And it's like, OK. All right. You do okay. you, buddy. I, I wish him the best. Men who f- play football can never be victims. As Except of dementia and brain damage. And many other and many things. And many other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Police brutality. Um, All of it. So, I mean, at that point, the horse was out of the barn. Like, it, he's going to be the bachelor. Yep. Watching him from afar night one, how did you think he was handling it? I have to tell you, um, he... You know, he's a really he's like he's a gentleman like he there was that girl who was sick uh, and he at one point he asked for tea and he brought it to her like the producer gave him tea and he brought it to her. And it was really really sweet. sweet. And they Mm -hmm. didn't show it. Uh, At one point uh, they were he and some woman, I don't remember which, were sitting outside uh, chatting and she was cold and he went to take his coat off and give it to her. And the producer, for whatever reason, probably because like microphones or whatever, just said, no, 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 can you keep it on? And the woman he was with was like, that's fine. That's fine. I like freezing. It's fine. You know, she, <laughs> like she was kidding, but it was also she was. So, I mean, he was he's a gentleman and he really did seem, you know, for lack of a better term, engaged in all the conversations that he had. You know, even the one where the girl's going on and on, woman was going on and on and on about tacos. Um, he He really played through the pain on that one and listened and like so I was impressed with how uh, 
you know, he was he's a he's a gentleman and he was very respectful and just seemed like a really nice guy. So I I wish we had seen a little more of that. Not that they didn't show him being a nice guy on the premiere, but like there were these little details that I think would have been nice to see. Yeah. And you tweeted some of those out and I found it so frustrating, like that tea moment. Yeah would have told us so much more about how Colton interacts with these women, about these women, than what we saw, which felt because of, you know, the hour and a half of Park City check-ins. Good God. It felt like we got so little and so little in a cohesive package of Colton and these women. Um, I'm hoping next week will be a little less painful. Are there any other moments that you saw that you wished they would have maybe included? Well, and this was in my piece uh, on EW.com, but uh, when Kerpa, the dental hygienist, came up, she uh, picked up the hose and you know that they used to f- spray down the flagstones, and she sprayed it, and then she came up and she said, is it wet around here or is it just me? And it was like, ah! <laughs> And, uh, you know, that got cut because ABC <laughs> Standards and Practices found that too offensive, though, popping his cherry or taking his V-card or are, you want to taste a well, sweet Georgia su- piece. The suggestion that w- yeah. a woman could be wet is just, just the most yeah. female, female arousal. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Female arousal yeah. is disgusting. Yeah, literally <laughs> anything that conjures a vagina is just yeah, not okay. Terrible. So anyway, um, so, and he, he he's, his response to that once, you know, because every time a woman would go inside or the limo would, all five women would be uh, done, he would do women five at a time in terms of the introductions, a producer would come and ask him, you know, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? What were your impressions? And he said, Jesus, she came out swinging. And he said that it was awkward. But then later, he had a nice conversation with her. And I like the fact, and he ended up giving her a rose. So I like the fact that, like, he didn't hold this sort of awkward, probably somewhat produced by the producer's joke that was in poor taste. He didn't hold that again her. He then had a conversation with her and decided to give her a rose. So I thought that was sweet. Yeah. It's funny. I felt like so many women made virginity jokes that just numerically he couldn't cut all of them. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I have to pick some that I liked. Yeah. But I was curious because you mentioned that uh, that moment in your in your article. And also Chris Harrison teased it as like Mm -hmm. Kerbin made this severely bold joke and then it was cut. And I was thinking about how then she got this very pleasant, nondescript moment as her intro. How much do you get the sense that they are cutting these moments and just to shape our perception of a contestant or for standards or whatever? Is that pretty rare? I mean, that was from what I saw, that was really the only moment that was edited out for uh, content. You know, everything else, uh, they cut a lot of kisses that I was surprised about. Like he kissed he kissed Elise. He kissed uh, the redhead. He kissed yeah. and she was the last one. They almost skipped her. One on one because it was like four in the morning or something, and uh, they were like, "Oh, are we still going to do this?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, let's get her." And so they set up, you know, because they have to coordinate thirty one on one chats in a crowded mansion that is filled with like literally a hundred people at any given time, and so it's a lot of work. And like three hundred candles. Yes, and three hundred yeah. candles. Yeah. You know, there's an FX expert, a special effects expert on site to make sure the house doesn't burn down. Thank God it didn't. Uh, <laughs> again. But so they did again. Yeah, they did her one on one at like four thirty, and it went on for uh, it went on for like ten minutes, and it ended with a kiss. Uh, but they didn't show that. They didn't show there was another kiss, a couple other kisses they didn't show. So it was more just I think because they had a they wanted to show us eight zillion. Uh, viewing parties across the country. They also didn't show us 
Brie the fake Australian telling him. That was so bizarre. Like, close the loop. Yeah, yeah. close the loop. Because now we're just going to see them talking like nothing happened. Another shameless plug. I did post a video of yes. of them, you know, where she's just basically like, haha, you know, I'm just <laughs> kidding. And he was like, uh, okay. Um, so, so, but yeah, there were all these things where they just, they cut, I think, because they had this bizarre idea of a three-hour finale that would be a lot more, uh, that they thought would be more interesting than actual content from the night. Um, but no, I didn't really get a sense that they, uh, you know, a couple times they had to shoot things over, and it was really because there were three women who met Colton the day before or a couple days before on Ellen. Right. And so when they came out of the limo, he said, hey, nice to see you again. Again, he's a gentleman. He remembers. Like, And so and then they did a conversation, and there was some discussion among the producers, and they decided – that it would be too difficult to edit that out or make it see, make it flow. And so they said, look, can you just do the introduction again? Can you just have your conversation again? Just don't say nice to see you again. And so those three women, they shot it again. Again, the conversations didn't really change. It was just like, hi, I'm Sydney or I'm whoever. And, uh, and there was one other time where a woman uh, told Colton, remember how Sydney had the uh, string quartet? Yes. After they danced, a couple other women were sent out to talk to Colton in front of the string quartet, and there was some dancing. And there was one woman, I think it was Jane, and she, they were sort of doing this awkward, like, swaying dancing from, like, you know, middle school, like, because it's hard to dance to classical music, you know, (laughs) And, and she had told him while they were standing up that she had never seen snow, and the producer said, could you just sit down on the step here and tell him that story again because it was just awkward. They were standing up and it was awkward. But it wasn't like, say this instead or don't tell him that or whatever. It was just, this is an awkward shot and we like what you said. Could you just say it sitting down? Yeah. So less changes for content, more for just the way it looks. The way it looks, exactly. But then we never did see that moment. No, we didn't. But again, yeah, we didn't. (laughs) I want them to show me everything. I know. But then, I mean, I would probably (laughs) prefer having seen the alternative, a three-hour premiere that's just footage from the night. As opposed to a a three-hour premiere where we're throwing to... You know, Goose and Crystal in a hot tub in a parking lot. That was just I tragic. Don't care. It's so sad. Yeah. So Graham. sad. I would love to see like a behind the scenes of how they made that happen, though, because, <laughs> oh, my God, it Ugh. looked like a lot of work. A lot of work for not a lot of how, payoff. Exactly. How pruny were they after being in that hot tub for that long? Like, that's Ugh. not. Healthy. healthy. It's not healthy, and it's not sanitary. And no, it's just gross. It was like one of those like mobile hot tubs. Disgusting. Like it just, I mean, they love mobile hot tubs. On they sure show. do. It was like there was a moment when Chris was like, you know, it's not healthy for a baby to be in a hot tub for three hours, and I was like, it's not healthy for anyone. Yeah, for any living organism. But I guess a fetus is the only thing that we can actually worry about the health of on this show. Thank God she's not pregnant. I, I mean. Yeah. Not, uh, not now, honey. They need a little a little time practice on a couple of dogs. Yeah. Like most of us. Um, yeah, relatable. <laughs> yeah, totes. I mean, I wonder. It's funny to think about how they could easily have edited that into a sequence. Uh, sorry, all the kisses of mm-hmm. Colton being the next kissing bandit. But yeah. obviously that is somewhat at odds with the narrative they're going for where he's going to, like, eventually blossom yes. into a sexual, into a sexual dynamo. being. Yeah. <laughs> Which but, we do you know, get some slow previews burn. Out. You gotta, yeah. you gotta take your time for that. Exactly. Um, in person, are his teeth just blinding? They're so. 
Perfect. But they're not like Ross on Friends with the, you know, when he whitened his teeth and they were glowing. They're really, they're straight and and very white, and but not distractingly so. In our interview, he said something about, um, you know, don't. I asked him what are his like do's and don'ts, and he said don't have bad breath. And I was like, you have nice teeth, you know. So <laughs> I think uh, Kerpa should be. Pleased. I was gonna say that's mm-hmm. probably what he and Kerpa connected. Yeah, because yeah. he he clearly has good oral hygiene. Yeah, I mean, you gotta to yeah. have those chompers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like, sorry, to go back to this, your interview maybe got cut a little short based it on did. the way it ended. Mm-hmm. It did. And, you know, fine. Um, we had a, and he, look, I get that it was probably not, I was not necessarily the most diplomatic the way I worded it. Uh, but I, you know, in, in that I said, I am concerned for your mental health. And I can see how that might be something that uh, would, you know, put him off guard but uh it was true and i feel <laughs> feel like you know somebody should say it to him uh that said as you guys said the horse was out of the barn but anyway um he uh he never you know he he didn't cut it short a publicist cut it right. short and it was fine i mean it's all fine yeah it's happened to it's all, all of us fine. exactly yeah. it's all fine <laughs> he doesn't need to like me i can live with it <laughs> i prefer not to know what the bachelors think of us yeah safer We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more behind-the-scenes info with Kristen Baldwin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful 
And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, keto, vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now 
Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm my bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So when all the women are in the house and you have all these people like running around eating meatballs, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, um, how much are the women getting sort of individually produced aside from maybe when they're with Colton? A lot of the times when they're in the mixer room, which is in that room where, you know, they drop off the first impression rows or the couches, couches, uh, you know, if they're sitting and chatting in groups, but then they will be, you know, it wasn't like every single woman had her own producer, but there were definitely throughout the night. Part of how they set up the the next one on one chat is the producers talk to the women. What do you want to talk to Colton about? You know, what do you really want him to know? And then they will say, okay, they'll talk amongst themselves and then tell the director. Ken Fuchs, like, okay, next it's going to be, you know, so-and-so and and we'll set, you know, you should set up a shot outside by the fireplace, you know. And so the women are, you know, in regular conversations with the producers, uh, you know, through the course of the night, but it's more to kind of facilitate the the production. From what I saw, I was not privy to any of the one-on-one conversations other than a couple, like, in the moments, as they call them, like Sydney standing uh, outside talking about how she brought the string quartet and she wanted to, you know, teach him how to dance because that's her thing. And, you know, uh, how important it, the questions are things like, you know, how important is it to get time with Colton? And what do you really want Colton <laughs> to know about you? And what were your first impressions? You know, it's it, it, there's nothing that would like shock you. Anybody who's seen one episode of Unreal uh, would kind of get the sense. And even Unreal is uh, heightened. heightened in that, you know, they're blatantly manipulating people. Whereas, and there's murder. And there's murder <laughs> and all that. Uh, in this case, it was really, you know, the women are, are like, what's her face? When she got the first impression, Rose, Colton had to go do some other conversation right away because, again, they're trying to keep, you know, keep it from being a 24-hour shoot. And so as soon as he got up to, he gave her the rose, they had their conversation, whatever, uh, he, you know, a producer came to get him to take him to talk to someone else. And then another producer sat down right next to her just to, like, 
so she wouldn't be sitting there alone, you know. And, you know, clearly it seemed like to talk to her about, like, her feelings. And, you know, because there's also something called the story room, which is a room with about 10 or 12 people who are all, you know, they're anywhere from something like uh, 20 or 25 feeds at any given time. Uh, and they they are there taking notes on all the conversations. So then that that is then fed to the producers so that and, you know, the editors and everything so that uh, they can craft the narrative of what's happening. So it's like if they sit down with uh who got the first one? Uh, Hannah. Hannah. If they sit down with Hannah and, uh, you know, she says something interesting about how uh, about their their conversation with the first impression rose, that can inform how they talk to Colton later about Hannah or why he gave it to her over somebody else. So it's just a matter of like there's so many conversations happening and they have so much to, to keep track of that they have these people just literally listening to feeds and just typing up what's happening. Did you see any of the Catherine drama go I did, down? I did watch that uh, on the monitor from the control room, and it was pretty much what uh, what you saw. I think it just went on a little longer, but it was the kind of thing where the conversation just went in circles, where it was like, the women, you know, feel like you're stepping on toes, and, oh, yeah, well, I didn't mean to, but they really just feel like you're stepping on toes. Yeah, well, okay, I didn't mean to, you know, and it just around and around and around for longer than what we just saw a condensed version of the because clearly Catherine didn't give a shit about uh, what what's her face was telling her. And uh, so she was just trying to end the conversation. And so it just went on uh, a little longer than what we saw. I did see the dog in the morning. The dog was still there. One of the production staffers had the dog. Uh, uh, I don't know where they put I the dog. Chris Harrison was keep- he was take- keeping yeah. the dog. And then I think once uh, that was, you know, they shot those bits with him walking the dog. Then they, I think, gave it to a PA. Yeah, I guess that makes. It sense. seemed like a pretty sweet little dog. Yeah, it was cute. Uh, that dog had a long, long night. Yeah, I don't know where that dog is going to sleep, but I guess just with Colton. I guess. And then when he wakes up and he sees Lucy, he'll be like, if Catherine were here too, yeah, my life would be complete. That's I, the strategy. Yeah, I guess so. Make a man care for your dog. Um, I mean, so the, the one of the things that, Chris, that Catherine sort of kept insisting was that she didn't really have any time with Colton. And it's so hard when you're watching to know whether these conversations are lasting 30 seconds or five minutes. And that's there's kind of a big difference between those yeah. two. Did you get a sense of maybe how much time she ended up actually having with Colton? Not with her, but I can tell you that, like, when he sat down with What's-Her-Face to color the shoes, which, crazy, again, crazy. Was, um, that went on for a long time. Really? And I was just like, this and this is, you know, mind-numbing. It's so boring. And I don't even really understand why they're doing this. But that went on for a long time. And so... I would imagine that the reality is somewhere because I don't think these women, unless they truly go rogue and I didn't see anybody do that, I don't think any of them really approach him unless they're kind of given the okay by a producer. Uh, So I would imagine she probably had grand total in her four uh, times with him, you know, somewhere between five and ten minutes, you know, total. Uh, so I think she got a plenty, you know, decent amount of time with him. Like a, a five-minute conversation is probably the best you're going to hope for um, in that setting. I mean, but yeah, like they all, it lasts a lot longer than you would think, and they cut it down because not, you know, one lady was talking about tacos the whole time. You know, the sho- <laughs> the shoes were like that was really boring. Like so, they're they they kind of. 
zero in on the meat of the conversation, like, you know, I'm ready to find love or, you know, I had my walls up, but now I'm ready to take them down, whatever. Uh, (laughs) And then when they're talking about Apple Music versus Spotify, that gets cut out. Oy. I mean, it's funny to me because the the conversations they want are also so boring. Yeah. Like, I'm ready for love because I went through a breakup last year and now I want to settle down and have yeah. babies mm-hmm. is intensely boring. But so is I brought some sneakers for us and I thought we could <laughs> scribble <laughs> phrases about being on The Bachelor on yeah. them. Yeah. And do you like Spotify or Apple Music? Also very boring. Yeah. So maybe the real lesson is just when people date each other, it's actually very boring for other right. people. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> the most part. I think uh, for the purposes of their narrative, we need to, you know, uh, whatever their hardship is in life, whether right. it's like, you know, my dad died or my boyfriend cheated on me or whatever, you got to get that out of the way in episode one or two. And then the rest is, you know, I'm beginning to fall for yeah, you. I'm, I'm falling, falling for, for you. Yeah. Even though I'm my father love. is even though my father is dead, yeah. I do feel like I can love. Yes, you, exactly. You know, despite yeah. it seems opposed. My but... mom's in jail, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that. Yeah. Demi is going to be an interesting character. I agree. Yeah. Did you get to, like, talk to any of the women? No. Just they observing? definitely didn't want me They were like, please, just, please stay away. <laughs> with the ladies, uh, which is fine. You know, I get that, like, I, you know, they didn't want them to be. They're already being intensely observed. Uh, I, I think they didn't want, for whatever reason, even though there are a hundred cameras there, I think the idea that plus a reporter's on set would somehow make them even more nervous. Um, but it was fine because, you know, I could sort of overhear conversations. But again, you know, the conversations were like, um, oh, I like your dress. You know, like, uh, this is different than I thought it would be. Uh, uh, you know, is it okay if I go to the bathroom? You know, like, they're they're all just kind of killing time, waiting for their time with, with Colton. Yeah. Did any of them role play to prepare with each other? <laughs> Not that I saw. That's what I would do. I know. Like, that's a really good idea. (laughs) I didn't see any of them do that, which is too bad because that's a really – that's a smart idea. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of what it is is the the producers are trying to figure out, you know, who uh, has the most interesting story. Like, one woman complained when she – I can't – what's her name? She's the beautiful black woman who got – didn't get a rose. Tejuan. Tejuan. She was stunning. I think she she was the one who said, you know – in her exit interview, you guys didn't want to give me my time. And it's not that, like, she didn't get to talk to him. It was more that, like, I think the women or the producers determine, like, who's going to make the best television in terms of, like, what they're going to say to Colton or, like, how emotionally open they're going to be. And for whatever reason, maybe they just felt like she didn't have an interesting enough story. Story. And so they weren't, you know, they probably gave her time but didn't give her you know, the amount of time that she would have preferred. So so he talks to all of them. Yeah. Okay. Cause it, it's, Every single one. Right. It seems like some women, like, didn't get to talk to him at all. Yeah. but In the I'm, way they edit it. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, they, from what I saw, he talked to all of them. And Elise was the last one. And at so 4.30 they did, they did the, in the fishing in the pool at yeah. 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Wow. What a way to end the night. I know. <laughs> and, like, she still looks stunning. I was, it's just like, how do you look? How are you awake and fresh? Okay, that was my going to be my next question. How are they awake and how are were you awake? You know, I love to sleep so much. I was really concerned that I was not going to be able to stay awake. I drank a lot of coffee, but I was also just straight up, like, adrenaline. Like, this is my dream um, <laughs> and I'm not going to miss a second of it. Uh, and the women, you know, a lot of them by the middle of the night were drinking, 
you know, from coffee cups. So I'm sure they were either drinking coffee or tea. Um, and nobody was, you know, getting drunk, I think, in part because that will then make you pass out. You know, so. Yeah, I feel like that would be a bad move yeah. to really drink much. And they do have a hair and makeup um, sort of station uh, off the side uh, across from the kitchen. So if anybody feels like they need a touch up, um, they can go because all the women, you know. And they're they're just yeah it's a long 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 night and it's twelve hours and so uh, but somehow they all manage to look fresh yeah it's interesting because in the past you have despite all these factors had usually one or two contestants get really hammered yeah and then they they let their makeup you know go untouched up and yeah. they get or they pass little, out or, or they, they pass, pass out. out yeah um and so i wonder if the restriction that they introduced is maybe just keeping people in check enough that they can maintain control of their decision making i think so yeah i mean two drinks an hour That's which is a lot i would be <laughs> it is flat a lot. on my back but i think you know i don't think anybody uh you know i didn't see anybody really like you know, pounding, pounding, pounding the Chardonnay or anything like that. And so and I do think, you know, most of them were savvy enough to be like, OK, I'm I'm not going to like really keep drinking because that will, you know, it will a make me act stupid and b you know, put me to sleep. So it seemed like the women that they had selected had, you know, were were had enough common sense not to keep hitting hitting the booze. Also, when I was 23, in other words, just out of college, I had a pretty high alcohol. Yeah, that's the other say thing. Not yeah, anymore. We're all 22 or 23, <laughs> yeah. and th- that is a more resilient yeah. body yeah. than mine. Yeah. I could stay up until eight drinking and and, and not, be fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's changed. Now it would just be no, just <laughs> yeah. impossible. If I had two and drinks brutal. in one hour, I would be passed out for the rest of the day, <laughs> like really and truly. So, um, props to them. Uh, one thing that you mentioned that I thought was really funny was that the the, the female contestants leave a lot of detritus around um, because of all of the, you know, glitter. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of glitter. Body, uh, spray tans, mm-hmm. glitter, makeup. Um, yeah. Initially, when I came to the house the day before, Chris Harrison gave me a tour. And he said, uh, you know, we were upstairs where the bathroom is. And he said, when the women are living in this house, I won't go within a mile of this place because it's just disgusting. Uh, Because, you know, he just said they're filthy. They're just really messy, way messier than the guys. And then I asked Angelique Rutherford, who is the production designer, and she does all the furniture and everything. And I was like, are are they really much more messy? And she said, yeah, they're, you know, there's makeup, there's clothes there's just like spray just tans more things, yeah. more things. all all the detritus that goes into the performing the yeah. femininity right. that yeah. they I, so desperately want us to perform it's yes. not yeah there's it's not really like there's it's another option yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah if you're going to be on this show you're going to come with a lot of baggage literally and figuratively and uh <laughs> so yeah they're uh you know that night uh obviously they're not leaving a lot of messes around but uh they are apparently much messier than the men did you notice whether Colton had to to get glitter brushed off of him? I did see uh, the wardrobe guy uh, Carrie Fetman do one of those lint rollers uh, when he was doing the limo exit. He would go up and you know lint roller uh, Colton's suit, and so that was either hair extensions <laughs> right, right. or glitter, yeah. probably glitter. Lots of lots of hair and glitter. Was there anyone that you saw at work or talked to on the set that had a big or like a big role in making the night go along that you had never even suspected? Big Polly. Yeah. 
Big Polly, the guy that we know as the uh, bouncer, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's the one who always shows up, the big tall guy with the sort of uh, newsboy cap uh, who in the headset who shows up whenever somebody's getting rowdy. He is the stage manager, and he makes everything go. And uh, he, uh, for example, when the first limo pulls up, before anybody gets out, Big Polly goes, opens the door, and tells all the women, okay, this is what you're going to do. You know, you're going to be cued. You get up. You stand here. You face Colton. Then, you know, like step by step. Or the rose ceremony. When he calls your name, come forward, take the rose, turn around, go back. If you, you know, like he's just, he's, he keeps everything moving. He solves problems, you know, if there are problems. Like he's, he's really the one keeping the trains running, uh, to use uh, that expression. And he's in communication with everyone throughout the night. And if somebody happens to get rowdy, he just shows up and he's, you know, 6'3", large individual. Uh, and and he said he said that uh, now the contestants know him so that if they're getting rowdy and Big Polly shows up, they're like, OK, OK, I'll calm down, you know, because they know he's he's there to uh, escort them off the premises. Yeah. And you did have a really interesting interview with him. I did. I had no idea how much he was doing. I love him so much. And he's he's a former actor and he kind of, uh, which I just love. And he uh, started on the show, uh, you know, through, uh, he was working in production on reality shows and then he got pulled over to, to, the, uh, to the Bachelor. And uh, they started using him on camera because, you know, like as the butler or as the bartender <laughs> so or whatever. Funny. And throughout the somehow through the course of, uh, you know, uh, the production of the show, you know, he started showing up whenever, you know, because he is a formidable figure, super sweet. But like if that guy shows up and is, like, you know, looking like I'm going to remove you. You're like, you, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sir. So sorry. Yeah. My bad. So uh, he said that sort of started as a joke. But now he is really there to because he want, as he said, he wants to his main goal is to protect the crew and Chris or whoever when when a, a, a contestant is freaking out. Wow. I but would yeah. imagine uh, maybe his presence is more necessary with the men. I would think so. A little more aggro. He did have to kick a door down when Rosalind. Remember when they escorted Rosalind out for having an inappropriate right. relationship? That's she true. would she wouldn't leave the bathroom, so he had to kick the door down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just as the women are messier than the men, the women might also be messier than the men when it comes to behavior. But in this case, he said he didn't see any potential troublemakers in the in the group yet. Yeah, none they of the troublemakers pretty... seem like physically aggressive. Yeah, yeah. So they're far. pretty well behaved. Just, yeah, they just wanted to bring their dog along. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, who can blame them? Um, yeah, I don't know. Did, are there any like final things that you wanted to share from your, yeah, from your final night? final thoughts or predictions for the season based mm-hmm. off of? What it's you hard saw? to give predictions because I you know read all the spoilers and yeah. I don't like to <laughs> uh, you know have that inform. Um, all I would just say is, and I think you guys know this, but like you know people still have the really mistaken idea that it's scripted or it's all you know made up or they're all told what to do and. I saw no evidence of that at all. Like these are, you know, these are people, surely the contestants are people who have seen a lot of reality TV and and know to some extent what behavior is expected of them and what behavior will get them camera time. But nobody is told to act a certain way. Nobody is told to talk a certain way or say anything in particular. And, you know, the only sort of reshoots, as I said, were really more for logistics than for like, well, you didn't, you know, that wasn't dramatic enough. Do it again. You know, that kind of thing. And it just it was really impressive how hard everybody works. Um, and I would say that uh, the house is smaller than 
it looks on TV, <laughs> as they always are, right? And um, I did get to pee in the Bachelor Mansion. It was pretty impressive. I was so excited about that. Was the bathroom nice? It was. It was quite mm-hmm. nice. Um, and, you know, as I, as I mentioned in the piece, the roses, that was like the first thing I wanted to see. And I really expected them to be in some sort of like hermetically sealed glass case, you know, guarded by armed, you know, uh, security guards. But in fact, they were in a trash can um, yeah. on ice. Really punctured wow. the romantic yeah. image. But, you know, me. like they were they were on ice. They weren't with the garbage. They were just uh, <laughs> resting in a trash can until it was time to prune them and get them on the tray. Wow. I mean, it's incredible to imagine even being there and seeing all of that. Yeah, it really, it was, you know, they, everyone kept asking, like, are we ruining the magic for you? And I was like, no, it's only increasing it. (laughs) I mean, it really makes you think, like, how have they not been winning more reality TV, like, Emmys? They absolutely should. Yeah, like, it's ludicrous. Yeah, it's ludicrous that they don't even get nominated, you know, simply from the standpoint that it's successful, it's, you know, in the cultural zeitgeist, it's something that, like, is uh, well-known around the world and, and franchised, you know, franchised around, the world. around the world. And I think it's just because, you know, it's it's sort of cheesy and stupid, but a lot of shows are cheesy and stupid and still get nominated. Yeah. You can't tell me the voice is, like, So better. much yeah. Yeah. Come higher on. brow. No, you absolutely <laughs> cannot. Well, thank you so much for sharing these impressions with us. Everyone, please go to EW.com, read Kristen's stories. They're They're really, really excellent. So illuminating. So much we didn't make her go into. (laughs) So many more secrets. I wrote a 4,000-word story. It probably could have been 8,000 words, but... uh, Wow. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Well, thank you. <laughs> we are grateful for your insights. Seriously. you brought us into the mansion. So I, I'm so glad. That's That was my goal, to bring all of Bachelor Nation into the mansion to see how the rose-scented sausage is made. Mm, Delicious. <laughs> and that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Kristen Baldwin. You can check out all of her great behind-the-scenes coverage at EW.com. And thanks also to our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson, for making this bonus happen. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss a moment of Colton's season recaps. Also, give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod. And you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back on Tuesday for week two of Colton's Journey. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. 
when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.